And hello everyone, welcome to the Real Estate Show on KCMX News Media 880 and on YouTube at realestateshoworegon.com. I'm Pete Belcastro, this is Alice Lima. We're both real estate brokers with John L. Scott in Southern Oregon. We get together with you once a week to update you on kind of the activity in the Southern Oregon real estate market, which as we go, Alice, we're here in the, in the month of February. Uh, it's winter outside. The weather's really been nice this week. Uh, and a lot of activity in the real estate world. Yes, it is so exciting. We're getting more listings on. We have a lot of buyers still out because of the great interest now rates. Now, you keep saying we're getting more listings, correct? Yes, we're, we're getting more listings. Yeah, but we the, had... The problem yes. is that they're simply, they're being sold. And, and we have, we've literally flushed ourselves out of inventory. We have. It is going fast. Yes, it okay. is going fast. We flushed ourselves out. And if you look at the latest stats that came out of the MLS, okay, listings were down 26% in January from a year ago. We have in Jackson County, on the 1st of February, which was like three weeks ago, 619 properties, including rural properties, for sale. Which is very low. It's low? <laughs> <laughs> we were over 1,000. Uh, what, a year and a half? Year, about a year and, a half, year and a half ago, year and three months ago, we were over 1,000. And I remember when we went dipped under the 1,000 mark, uh -huh. and we have not stopped. But it's so, better than it was last month. Well, that's not very many, there's not much out there. So that change, with, with what that does, though, it really creates an interesting real estate dynamic going on uh, because of the listing situation. You combine that with low interest rates, and we have this kind of a, a pot-pouring of activity going on across the, across the entire range, right? We have a lot of buyers out there. We are getting more and more sellers as the season goes forward. Um, but then there's the dynamic of what I'm starting to call a flat market, a, a stabilized market, a neutral normal market. Um, where we don't have that volatility of price because of inventory, because I feel that we've really got to the top of our market for now anyway. And um, as our fearless leader, John L. Scott, yeah. said the other day, he believes it has to do with wages. Well, There's only so much a person can pay every month. And if we get to that point, that's why we're talking about how the, the price ranges have kind of settled. That's a, a good word. There's, settle. There's only yeah. so much. There's only so much. There's only so much. What uh, blood you can draw from a turnip or something out, <laughs> out of the price of a house. In other words, a house is only going to be worth so much. There's only so it. much a person can pay. Appraisal. So it has yeah. to do with not what it's worth because it might actually comp higher now, right now for okay. yeah. three to six months. But the demand price is okay. going to be. A little bit lower or more stable because that's really where the income of the buyer is. And we so have it's an not interesting had, okay. dynamic. And we do need the area that we don't have a real area of working uh, area of Jackson in our area here to uh, see large wage increases. Right. And that's why we're talking that we're at that ceiling. A nice way to say we don't have a lot of good, high-paying jobs. Well, we do. But <laughs> that's I say that tongue-in-cheek. No, I, but, you know, I mean, we, we're okay, but it only can go up so much at a time here. Exactly. And that's where we're at in housing. So that's why, again, you need a good agent, certainly, to be able to help you weed your way through it. Okay, so if you're in, where do you think the, the three hottest areas right now, and we're in the winter, we're in winter, I understand that, but what do you think the three hottest areas right now in Jackson County are in terms of uh, uh, price increases, you know, median price values have increased the most? What would you think those are? And I know, I know you so don't know. So are we talking about price points or neighborhoods? Uh, neighborhoods, you know, areas. Well, like Medford, uh, we East have, Medford, something uh, like that. So I'm just seeing a really high demand 
for single story East Medford with a little bit of parking. Okay, RV that, parking. Yeah, that's move-in ready, uh, single story, not too far from the hospital, not too far from the country club. There's almost like an invisible zone. You could almost draw. Yeah, so I'm seeing that would be one okay. of them. Okay. I've seen um, a it's little. It's not though, but go ahead. Go oh, ahead. okay. It's East, East oh. Medford is not, but go ahead. It's but you are correct though. That demand in East Medford is is, is absolutely there. Uh -huh. uh, the problem in East Medford right now is listings are down. Let me see. Uh, in East Medford, 26 percent uh, uh -huh. from, from from a year ago, just in January. So the pickings for those are slimmer. Okay. Okay. What else do you think they are? So um, we're having a lot of activity in our duplex, triplex, and fourplex. Okay. In fact, the prices on those have gone up kind of quickly. Okay, why do you think that is? I think there's a lot of portfolio shifting because of the new rental laws in Oregon. We've had a whole tax year. In fact, that um, House Bill 608, I think the anniversary is next week, isn't it's it? It's coming up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we've had a whole year. It's been year, a year already, yeah. Right, so. Right, because the legislature put that into effect, remember, during the middle of the year. Right. It started in, the, in February or March, it was odd. Remember, Which is odd not thing. enough time for people to prepare yeah. with their taxes and their investing. Yeah, that's crazy. Right. Okay. All right. So All that right. would have been my second one. Uh, so what, what, what was it again? Multifamily. Uh, Multifamily. Two, two to four units. Okay, I'll, I'll agree with you on that, but it's not necessarily of the community that oh, have the highest median Oh, I'm wrong twice. The median price range, the median price increases the most. What do you think those hot areas are? Uh, West Medford and White City. Pretty close. The hot, the, the biggest increase has been in Central Point. Central Point, the Central Point market probably right now, uh, is, I think, is the hottest market in our valley. Because of the, Be you're talking about the prices going up. Exactly, because the, it's more affordable right now in Central Point than it is in anywhere else. Well, and a lot of people want to be in the school district. You know, yes. those schools in Central Point have a, a high yeah. demand. And they're building new construction in Central Point too. That's true. But Central Point right now is the hottest market, in, the hottest area in our market. It had a 17% increase in value in one year uh, uh, in terms of the median price, which is really high. Okay? And we do not expect that to happen again this year, folks. So no. if you're thinking of selling your house in Central Point, please do not list it 17% higher than your neighborhood okay. is right now. The second, the second highest one uh -huh. okay, is West Medford. Uh -huh. Now think about this as we say this because these are affordable areas. Well, that's the entry level and also a lot of downsizers. Yeah. yeah. West Medford, a 15% increase in median value in one year in sales. But that's, that's but West Medford is still very affordable. That's what we're saying. You see where the affordability is and where it is not. And the third one, uh, which is Gold Hill and the Rogue River area up there. Oh. There's a lot of a lot of a lot of activity there. Yeah. And again, but again, uh, but People getting that slice of heaven, a little bit of acreage, yeah, yeah. maybe on the river. Okay, what about rural properties? We talk about those all the time. The overall increase in Jackson County was just 2%. That's a fair, the ceiling level there is already there. Right, because if we remind yeah. people a normal appreciation is a steady, sustainable 3 to 5%. So 2% is still kind of in there. Yeah, no, you don't want it to really... Remember, we're, we're talking about investing in our property, investing to create wealth for ourselves. And uh, the stock market has bigger gyrations. And real estate over the years is more slow and steady. You know, Except like, for that one time. <laughs> <laughs> falls off, but you know, we're not talking that in way. In 2009. Well, I've been to several seminars and um, watching and listening about, it's really the lending practice that is so different than it was before. Right. I, I will say that. And, right. And we have lenders come in here all the time. We talk to them all the time. 
And even when you're with clients with them, people have to have to provide the information, not like it was before. So in that respect, I think we're really, we're really okay. Well, and I think that's why um, when the prices are settling and it feels like we might be going down, we're actually not, we're just stabilizing. And the reason we can say we're not going into any kind of a housing correction right now is because the lending practices are really good and they're safe and they're sustainable themselves. Yeah. Well, I, t- I, I agree with you on, Sarah, on, on all that there, and, and I'm just worried that we, we cannot have the large increases in value. We think, we're at the, we think we've hit that ceiling here in so many areas. Again, you've got lower prices uh, across the valley in the lower price point ranges, and geez, there's no inventory in those. There's a, what, a one-month supply at the, under $250,000, a 1.3-month supply at the next level. There's not much inventory in those lower prices. Are you seeing, with your clients, you seeing multiple offers coming, or how are people dealing with this? If I, if I, because let me tell you, if you put a listing on at two hundred fifty thousand, I guarantee you're going to have twelve showings in the next two days. You might, but what I'm noticing, and I think this is um, part of having a flat market or a stable market, is the buyers are more picky. It's not like it was eighteen months ago where they're rushing in, writing offers on anything giving up um, you know, a lot of their terms and conditions as a buyer, accepting things without inspections, things like that. They're, they're going in and they're feeling like they still have some power. They want the house to be uh, financeable. They want it to be clean. They want it to be nice. And so there's still some number of those houses, even in the affordable price ranges, that will sit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If it's not updated. it's Updating is so important now. It's really kind of shocking. I mean, when you first <laughs> bought a house, was yours updated? We didn't live in a nice house till we oh, were, no. like, it used to, when old. I, when, when I, <laughs> <laughs> I think when I first got my real estate license and, and started this, which was 2007, 8, um, no, you would buy a house. You had to update it yourself. Right, and, right? You, and when, you were just happy market, to get one. When the market one. was so bad. Right. You know, a seller could just put it on if someone bought it. You were so happy somebody would bought, somebody was going to buy it, and you as the buyer were going to go, I'll fix it up myself. I right. The prices had dropped Right, as long as it was so in good low. shape. But yeah. cut the cut. So it's not right. like that Fast now. Floor. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, it's everybody wants open floor plan, um, even if they're buying in a neighborhood that's, that's 1960 and 1970. They, they, they want the walls gone. So you know what else is happening? Construction loans are getting more popular. Rehab loans. We're seeing a lot more activity of that as buyers start to pick and choose. If they can't have the updated house they want, can we go talk to this lender or that lender okay. and actually get the uh, improvements we want okay. and, and the granite countertops? I have, okay, since you brought that up, I have a client. We are buying a property in Central Point, and we are getting a 203B uh, FHA rehab loan. Okay. Okay. So just so just that everybody understands that. what this is, this is where you can borrow up to thirty-five thousand dollars, right? Uh-huh. To do repairs. Right. Yeah. Not repairs. improvement. There are other rehab loans you can actually add shops and masters okay. and but so, these are repairs. Yeah. So so you have the house and you go through the process with the two hundred three B loan. The thing that I think is so important is that sellers in those situations, because the sellers have let the properties be the way they are. They need this work. You can't finance them, right, until you do this. But it takes longer to close, and sellers have got to realize that when the, when the, when the buyer is doing a loan like this, you're going to have to give them some flexibility because of all the complications that go into that 203B loan, which are enormous. The, the appraisers, Underscore I mean, complication. 
The, do you know it's even so much more complicated than a regular con- sale? Would the be. contractor has to be vetted by the bank, and what that means is that when you say, "Okay, I'm going to do this loan," um, here's the the, the group, uh, the company, the construction company that's going to do it. That construction company has to file papers with that lender yes. and get checked out. And so again, you you want to make sure you use the correct. A contractor who fills out paperwork and returns it because if you don't (laughs) the whole thing gets mucked up so those loans are there but you're right that the sellers if you're going to sell a place like that you got to be reasonable with a buyer of what to expect in a loan like that and they're out there and maybe sometimes it's the only only way to sell that property because i'm not going to give you cash for that property uh i still have to put I've got thousands more into it like that. Right, but it comes in great if you need a new roof, a foundation, heat, windows, something like that. Um, and they really are magnificent, but they do take time. And the seller has to price it so that it's worth the person right. coming in. Because the person who's doing this, the buyer, they're worse. actually borrowing up to $30,000 more yes. than they're paying and it costs them Mr. More, and Mrs. Seller. And it costs them more money in just points, too. So. And uh, I think, isn't well. the interest rate higher? Well, that's what I was saying. The interest yeah. rate is higher as well with that. So that's what the point is. So, yeah, you know, but you can do them. You just got to be knowledgeable and be careful what you're getting into. And seller and buyer have to do it and together. And they're, they, they have to be owner-occupied is the other thing. So if you investors out there are listening and drooling at this idea, stop. Because you have to be owner-occupied. To get the 203B to loan. Get, yeah. Absolutely. No, <laughs> investor we got a break coming up here. Pete and Alice here today on the Real Estate Show. We're kind of just going over the crazy real estate market we're seeing and what we expect future we're coming right back with more after this welcome back to the real estate show on kcmx news media 880 and youtube at realestateshoworegon.com pete belcastro alice lehman with you here today and thanks for joining us on our show is mid-february here as we're heading towards the spring selling season the three busiest real estate months of the year march april and may we're going to have an interesting March, April, and May, believe me. As we say, we've talked about so far in the first part of the show, we know inventory is down 26% from a year ago, just in January here. So on only 600 properties across this entire spectrum. And over 100 of those, by the way, are a million dollar plus. Oh, my goodness. Remember that? That's right. So 100 of, 100 of those 600 are over a million. That leaves the pickings below that even less. Yeah, it's so, a great time to sell. It really, really is. Oh my gosh, we have such great <laughs> selling conditions. But also, she says that. Keep in mind, we've also reached a ceiling on pricing that you really cannot go much above. We think right? so. We, we just think don't so. think there's think any so. any wiggle room left. We don't see any rooms for spiking up, okay. but we also don't see any um, room for spiking down. Right. That's what a normal flat market is supposed to look like. Even though we lower price ranges, the the, the uh, uh, demand is still there. Two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred thousand. Once you get above five hundred thousand. Then things change, and that's where the more normalizing is with stability of the market is. It is very much yeah. a buyer's market over yeah. five hundred thousand. But below that, it's just it's just crazy. It's still a lot of activity, uh, which is interesting. Anyway, this was an anniversary. I remember Feb- it was February twenty fifth, Alice, last year when Senate Bill six hundred eight went into effect. And that changed the way we <laughs> deal with dealing with renters and rentals. Yeah, right. That made Oregon the first state in the union to be a statewide rent control state. Right. And we've had one year now. How do you think it's gone? I think it's had a couple of predictable reaction. The the short term reaction is many of our investors are deciding to get out of the business, but that's making room for a whole new crop of landlords to come in, and uh, who are willing to put up with the. Uh, 
uh, the not, changes. Who are not so put off by what government is saying you need to do. Right, and then yeah. those investors that do want to stay in that were in before are making a commitment for the long term. Yeah, and yeah. the other thing is everybody's raising their rents. Where before a lot of landlords went, we called it went to sleep. If you had a good tenant, you didn't really bother them with rent yeah. increases. Everybody is doing at least a three to five percent increase every year now and the maximum if you remember is seven percent plus cost of living and this year did you know 2020 the cost of living went down it it's 2.9 and last year it was 3.2 really uh-huh. and so it's a very subtle difference but again this is why we think the whole market is stabilizing well and remember a year ago we were we were people were ready to go out and shoot themselves you know over this bill well uh, it was it was seen <laughs> but they haven't I mean, right. We all survived it. We I think the, biggest ch- <laughs> the biggest change, the biggest change, is that if you own a property and you're and you're going to sell it, and you have a tenant in there who's been there more than a year, you've got to give them a 90-day notice to move. Now that can affect the sale of the house. That's why you have to be so upfront with the buyer. Uh-huh. Because the buyer, you're going to have to give them either 90 days or you're going to have to buy them out of that contract. Well, and actually, it's there's more because you cannot have that tenant move out unless the new buyer is going to live there. So that's a game changer because a lot of people used to have their tenants move out when they were selling the house and then the next person could either live there or that's not right, right, and right. or the next investor could put whoever they wanted to in. That's not the case anymore. You have to ta- if you're an investor, you have to take that tenant. Well, the investor cannot just say you have to go. It's it's it's, it's no no cause what they call it? no cause no fault. Eviction? No, no cause. No, no cause no eviction. Cause. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. No, you can't. Yeah. You can't do that. But if you're selling the house to somebody else, then you have to give them a 90-day notice. Well, but right? why are you looking at me that way? What? Because if it's an investor that's buying it and the investor is not moving in, the tenant goes with the property. Oh, I just right. That's correct. Yeah. But if I'm selling it to somebody else who's going to move into it, then it's 90 days plus sometimes money. Sometimes money. So again, if you're selling or buying and you have a tenant. For both sides again, the buyer and the seller side, be aware of that because it can it can muck up the whole thing, especially if the buyer has to get in the house in thirty days. Well, and remember, and you've got ninety days before you got to get the get the tenants. And got what to if go. you have to go to court? Remember the one we did. <laughs> we were, I think, Pete and I were early, early on last year, as always, yeah. trailblazers yeah, here. Yeah. And uh, one of our transactions ended yeah. up going to court twice. Yeah. And and it was very hard on everybody because we didn't have any precedent because it was all brand new. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think in that situation, didn't the seller, did they do cash for key? What it, there was some. Oh, I can't even remember. They, yeah, <laughs> we 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 got them out, but it was with money and a lot of delays. Yeah, it was. I think we might have been the first ones. In, I think in the we court were under this law yeah. because it, it, it was because it, it all happened right yeah. now. So be aware of those things. It's still there. It, it wasn't all gloom and doom. And I think what Alice says, the most interesting thing of this whole conversation, was what she says about it allowed if some if some landlords got out of the business, it opened it up for others to get in the business. And rents and rents went up. And that's and and the other the sad part of that I agree is that rents. Yes, have gone up, and people are more aware of it than they ever were before. But see, I think that's the knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. And back then, I predicted it would be a couple of tax cycles. Um, some people file in April. Some people file in October. So we went through two tax cycles. Um, I think we're yeah. going to go through two more, another April. So that's two years. And then I think it'll mellow out okay. and stabilize. But we'll have to see. Uh, right now, people are fighting over fourplexes. <laughs> well. I think multifamily housing uh, is just 
the biggest thing that you can probably invest in right now, wouldn't you think? Well, I think if you can afford it, yeah, it's a great thing to do. We're going to have, um, in my opinion, um, a good 10 or 20 years of a pretty decent rental market. I don't think our vacancy rates are going to be you know, 2 and 3%. That's a very low vacancy rate. and kind of gives yeah. the power to the landlord. I think the, the rental market will stabilize more. We've got to do a show with them, uh, with the rental people. Because like the like the real estate market, there's only a ceiling that you're going to hit in rents. Yeah, right? yeah. And we have talked with I mean Danielle Remley's been with us before from Sterling West. We've talked about that. It, it only goes so much. And so have we hit that? If we, if we've hit that in the real estate market, we're going to hit that in the rental market as well because they follow each other so so much. They do, and the the tenants that are out there looking at any given time. They will let you know immediately, just like if you're selling a house and you're priced too high, the market responds really in 48 hours because everything's on the internet. So if you put your property for rent on Craigslist or with a property manager or whatever you do to advertise it, and you don't have four to six inquiries in the first uh -huh. couple of days, that is the market speaking. Yeah, well, you're right. I think one of the interesting stats also talked about the price ceiling. If you look at what the what the properties, the average property is sold for versus what the list price was. Oh it's yeah. Dropped. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that long ago. We were talking in the by weekly ninety eight point seven percent of the list price. That ratio. Go, that ratio, yeah. that close you get there. Uh, during the month of January this year, it's down to ninety five percent. So again, you have to have the pricing right mm -hmm. in order to sell as, as the highest you, you can get. If it's not priced right, we're seeing them sit even in the lower price ranges. So what that means if you're a seller is if you have a ton of equity, that's okay because you can absorb that, those few percentage points. Um, the, the days of the speculation selling, which is where people say, well, if I can get X amount, I will go ahead and sell. Uh -huh. But if I can't get that, I just don't know that that's going to work so much this season. But we'll have to see. Yeah. You know, yeah. these are predictions that we make at the beginning yeah. of the year. <laughs> yeah. Well, those, those cycles, you know, are, are pretty pretty consistent year after year. You know, it starts and goes up, you know, in the spring up to the summer and then starts down in the fall to the winter. Mm -hmm. You know, we're here at this point going up. Uh, and again, Well, there's going to be more competition, right? There will be more. Oh, there's going to be more competition as it goes along. Uh, but right now, geez, with, with such... Again, in, in 250 to 350 to five, up to 500, even 500 may be a little bit high there, but geez, there's just uh, uh, not a lot of inventory right now in those ranges. Mm -hmm. And it depends, of course, which community you're looking at also. Uh, but you have to be very selective right now of where those properties are. And again, you have to be ready. Now, now interest rates. We, we, we both work with a lot of buyers. Right. Uh, interest rates right now are just amazing to me. And I'm also talking to people about who, who I've known, just friends of mine, about refinancing, who I know are higher than those 3.5%. So, again, here's an opportunity maybe for people to, as we create wealth with our investments and our properties, to look at these things and see if some of these may fit your particular needs. You know, and this is a great opportunity, again, if you have a lot of equity in a property um, and you're an older person, you have millennial kids or, you yeah. know, whatever kind of kids that are old enough to own something, this would be a great time to sit down, have a family meeting, and strategize the financial stability of the family or the group, you know, because some of us have families that are not blood-related, but 
you know, they're part of part of our tribe, so to speak. This is a great time to sit everybody down and say, this is a very rare opportunity. What can we do to start furthering the financial future of us as a group? Uh-huh, yeah. What about distressed properties? Remember when, uh, 2009, we sold more distressed properties, uh, short sales and foreclosures than, than they did regular sales. You know, that's a lot. Those days are long past. Thank goodness. I just closed one short sale this week with Alan Broderick from I-5. You did? Yeah, but I think I do one a year now, well, and I, I think say, we yeah. did more like 30 a oh, year. Yeah. Well, in, in Jackson County, in the three months of November, December, January, there were 12 uh, distressed properties sold. That's three a month. Four a month, I guess. Uh, four a month. Uh, that's not very many. But, but I think that's really good. There's a few. They're still out there. Well, and there's supposed to be a few. Like, isn't yeah. the, the normal foreclosure rate something like 13 or 16% in a normal stable oh, market? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, thir- oh, oh, in a normal market? Oh, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, no. it, it kind of hovers right around 10-ish. Well, right here in, but our, in our area, it's 2% right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. 2% of the sales are roughly in a foreclosed property. So, again... When you see a foreclosed property come up, you have to be ready now as a buyer. Uh, many of those are, are online where you have to have an agent go in and put it in for you. And uh-huh. these kinds Almost of like things. an online auction. Online auctions. And you know, I bought, I've, I've had clients be very successful with those. I'm amazed. I, 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 they scare me. Yeah, well, they're <laughs> not you, always in very good shape. It, when you first do it, it's, it's kind of a scary with your online auctioning, but. Uh, now it's now it's it's I understand it you know you understand it a lot better yeah, how it's, it works. It's a great source of and inventory. read the fine print because <laughs> there's also different opportunities in those foreclosures. Well, if they don't get a certain price or you can bid f- uh, beforehand, but read you got to read you got to read it all. Yeah, and some of them are charging the whole buyer side like five to seven percent after their purchase. You got to know that you have right. to come up with that money. What she's saying is that if the price is four hundred thousand. They're going to charge you another five percent to that to make that say what four hundred and forty thousand. Yeah, maybe? sometimes. So yeah. that's what's going to be. You're going to pay a. You're going to pay the buyers call the buyers premium, and you're going to pay it. I, I I've always had to pay that. Yeah, <laughs> and some on some of those websites they so do again, that. Be aware of that on foreclosures online because the price you see may not be the price that you have to pay. Right, right, right. But then, and again, the foreclosures have been sitting uh, empty a long time, and they're not always in great shape. Their pipes are dry. Sometimes yeah. the dirt is pulling yeah. away from and the foundation. And, there, and, there, and there's no 403B, uh, there's no 403B loans for those. <laughs> okay, we've got a break coming up here, Pete. Now it's one more segment to go here on the Real Estate Show. Check out any of our past shows at realestateshoworegon.com. We're here back after this. Welcome back to the Real Estate Show on KCMX News Media 880 and YouTube at realestateshoworegon.com. Pete Belcastro, Alice Lehman with you here as we working on on February towards uh, the spring selling season of March, April, and May. Those are beautiful months in the Rogue Valley, aren't they? And uh, they're also the three busiest real estate months of the year. So we're looking forward to see how it's going to play out in this kind of dynamic and very changing real estate market that we're in. Speaking of the market, we always talk about Jackson and Josephine counties. I mean, the station goes there and stuff like that. But I also just want to tell people also, don't ever forget about Klamath County, our sister to the east, because in, in the real estate world, we're all in the same MLS system now, so we see everybody's properties. And what we've seen really over the, over the course of, of just following it more uh, is that many times people will start looking here, especially if they're out of towners, they'll look at Josephine County if they can't find something or it's too pricey. A lot of people end up in Klamath County because 
it's the same thing as we've talked about in, in the price ranges here. Well, you get so much more it's for more your affordable. money. Yeah. If you bought three hundred thousand dollars, I think uh, the the it's just if you pay three hundred thousand for a property here is one thing. You pay three hundred thousand there is a different type of thing, and so you get more. Would you say the average? Would you say the average in Klamath was? Uh, I think it's two. Did we say like two seventy nine? Two seven, yeah, two seventy nine is the, was the median price there, and and that was year. on half an acre with yeah. three bedroom, two bath house, nineteen hundred square feet. I mean, we were shocked, it, it, and yeah. that's that's what a lot of people want. They they want that small acreage, not too close to the neighbors, not too far away. You know, just that that nice half acre size is perfect, and a nineteen hundred square foot house for two seventy nine. Or you get a thousand square foot house here for two seventy nine. Uh, yes. <laughs> in East Medford, that's what you're going to get. You know, right. Kind of so and it might only have one bathroom down yeah. here in Jackson right. County. It probably only has one bathroom. So as we go there, as we learn more about our real estate market, of course, I'm over there a lot because I grew up over there. You know, I've got properties there myself. But you have family I just there. bought a place there. <laughs> I bought a farm there. And, uh, but, uh, you bought the farm. Bought the, yeah, <laughs> it's a farm. But, you know, when, you, when you're over there a lot, there, there are really opportunities, especially, I think, for investors. We, we, the most shocking figure to me was uh, literally half of the properties. If we have in, nationally, we have sixty-seven percent of the homes are owner occupied owner owner homeowners. Yeah. In Klamath County, it's fifty percent. Yeah, isn't that interesting? We thought that was really interesting that there's half, literally half, are rentals. So there's obviously opportunities there for investors if someone is interested now in that. Now, do you think that's because that. of the, the schools up there, like OIT, because of the military base? There's a lot There's a lot of rentals in, in with those, yeah. But, uh, you know, people also like uh, to buy. And, I mean, what you want to do, as I've seen people over the years, they've, they've bought a house the first time. And as they move into different areas, different things you could buy and sell, they always upgraded as they went along uh -huh. to where they're creating wealth each time they moved into a new occupation or a new job. Uh -huh. You don't have to give up your wealth and your home for that. So, again, we always ponder you create wealth by having home ownership. Yes, you do. Well, there's a lot of people there who may qualify to do that. Well, that's very interesting because if the interest rates are below 4%, yeah. and in that area of Klamath, if you could buy a starter home, yeah. so oh, and we did, we did not look up that price, right, but we right, should have, yeah. because if you could buy a three-bedroom, two-bath for 279 in Klamath at 1,900 square feet on half an acre, that's not a starter home, quote-unquote. Oh. <laughs> so a starter home, I wonder, is more like 120, oh, yeah. 150? Well, it has a lot of old neighborhoods. It's an old town. Uh -huh. A lot of old neighborhoods downtown, and you've got to go out to the suburbs where you have the newer. Well, I newer wonder. Place. But maybe because it's also, maybe rents there are, ch are so cheap uh -huh. because it's half rental. Well, let's look into that. that. Therefore, yeah, that therefore, uh, rentals, uh, it's, it's more affordable to rent than buy. Is that possible? That Not ah. only that, but I'm also st starting to think along the rehab line. So is that a market? Because we can't really do flips and rehab right now yeah. in a stable market, not as profitably because the market's not moving. Yeah. But what if in Klamath, you know, with the price of entry being quite a bit lower, you could do... Uh, buy something, fix it up, and then sell it for a little bit more. That uh, might—I yeah. wonder if that would work up there right well, now. They need housing. There's shortage both in, in Klamath and Josephine County are just so short of of uh, of, 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 of housing. Uh huh. When we talk about affordable housing, whatever, you know, whatever that means, but I mean, they really a shortage of housing, and um, it affects so many people. And 
trying to get out into a, into a, a better place. So, yeah, so if, we'll if Klamath County has 50% um, tenant-occupied properties, yeah. then, then that also means that it's 50% landlord-owned. Right. So there's a lot of landlords. Right. That's what I was saying. There's a lot of investors already in right. Klamath County. Right. That's very interesting. Yeah. So we'll say, I, I don't know. You know, we go over there a lot and uh, look at properties and uh, uh, sell some. And people sometimes look at that as an alternative uh, for you. It depends on, you know, how much house you want, where you want to live, the community you want to live in. Uh, well, you're the no matter where No matter where you go in all three counties, it, it, it's some great places. Yeah. And Klamath <laughs> is so beautiful. I mean, I know it's a little colder in the winter, but it's just absolutely beautiful place. Pretty this time of the year. That's for sure. I uh, haven't heard any more, of course, uh, from the, the governor, our Governor Brown. Uh, Alice says she's going to get Governor Brown on our show, by the way. Well, so I we're said I was <laughs> going to invite her. <laughs> okay. I'd love to have her come <laughs> in and join us. Uh, uh, anyway, we're just regarding the proposal <laughs> of the, uh, the tax, the real estate transfer tax, oh, and, yeah. uh, to, to support affordable housing. One thing we didn't mention when we, when we talked about it before, Alice, was that the, 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 the stick or the carrot, I guess, dangling out there for people, if you vote on it, is that the first $500,000 of a sale is exempt from the tax. We don't know what the tax is, if it's 1%, 1.5%, whatever for it is. For now. Right. For now, they're going to exempt it. Right. Well, right <laughs> now, it's 500000 is exempted. Even though if you do that, then you're just, you're just picking on a group of people or a group of transactions, higher uh -huh. prices, and throwing a tax on them, which uh -huh. is just... So I'm confused because isn't this our best revenue year? Like in how long? Doesn't State of oh, Oregon no. have like yeah. very full overflowing coffers? Yeah, yes it does. And uh, the state is generating more revenue than it ever has in its, in its history. And on top of that, you're adding the uh, corporate activity tax, the gross receipts tax that is going into effect. I was at my accountant this week. I know many of our viewers and listeners, when you're taking, if you're in business and you're taking your stuff down to your accountant, you're going to be shocked by what they tell you, that if you have a group of businesses that you control together, or you're even a part of them, it all adds up that individuals could also be paying that uh, corp that corporate activity tax. That yeah. was the scariest thing I've ever heard, and I won't even tell you what my accountant said when he thought of that tax. <laughs> it was thrown <laughs> off the air, but it wasn't a very good thing. Well, but it is what it is, and we and love Oregon, I so just we hope, just have to put up with it. I just hope that the money will go towards the classroom and to teachers and to kids, and not to pay down PERS uh, uh, costs that these school districts have. Well, we'll have to see how they write the statute. I know that they have to give. You have to apply for the funds. Okay. I just hope it goes to uh, – it, it makes – I guess it just makes paying the tax a little bit easier if you know it's going to go to help kids and stuff. It's not, not to go pay PERS. Okay. Uh -huh. that's, that's, that's the soapbox for the week. Okay, we're out of time. What do you got? We're, we're end of February. End of February. You, 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 more buyers right now, sellers. I know the, the, the listing thing is still the big, the big issue out there. We're down on 600 listings in Jackson County. So, and the only reason I keep saying that, well, first of all, I'm watching the MLS, so I am seeing more listings coming on. And yes, they are getting sold more right, quickly. Sold uh, but I also can talk, because I go to all these uh, MLS meetings, and there's lots and lots of agents with lots and lots of properties coming online. The properties are getting ready. Right. They're getting closer to when school gets out. There's some life event they're waiting for. But I just think that we're going to have a much better selection. Yep. But if you're a seller, much better selection means... More competition. Way more yeah. competition on price 
place, looks, location. But if you have your place beautiful and it's ready to go. And you had it inspected ahead of time. You're going to sell it. And please it's not going to be that. a problem. You're going to sell it faster than the, than the person who doesn't do that. Yeah. In the end. And that's a that's what supply and demand is. And I think we're getting into that. You're right. We're going to have a quite a busy uh, coming up. I think spring. it's going to be a really busy year. Yeah, yeah. I do too. I, interest rates stay. It's an election year. Nothing's going to change there. And people are so excited about the economy is good. So, heck. We'll see what happens at the end of the week. So buy a house. That'll do it for the real estate show today. I want to thank uh, Gavin. uh, Gavin's last name, Gavin. Theoried. Yeah, Gavin. Gavin Theoried. Thank you, Gavin. Our our, our, uh, YouTube cameras as well. you got a busy week ahead, Alice, so we'll see you next week as well. Join us back here in seven more days, the real estate show here on KCMX.